1: and become recipients of eternal life listen with bible pen and paper handy as pastor rander ministers to us today
2: and lord we thank you for the children saying thank you our seniors saying thank you a teen saying thank you for the congregational prayers of thanksgiving offered up to you in everything we give thanks we thank you, Lord. Ooh, we thank you. That child said, I, I thank you for God. Another child said, I thank you for the blood. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for the preach word. Help us to hear in the spirit, to document, to write. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. In Jesus name and all God's children said, you may be seated. Uh, if you have a Bible, uh, then uh, take it out and let's use it. And if you got technology, use it. But the first preference here is a Bible because you'll never learn how to use a Bible using your technology. I want y'all say, man, I know you're so technologically dependent until you say, well, it's all here. But it's something about turning those pages and being able to identify books uh, without the aid of technology. And people can see you with your Bible. That's a witness that, that you belong to the Lord. Amen. So uh, we want you to turn to uh, first chronicles, First Chronicles, uh, chapter 16, verses eight and nine. First Chronicles, chapter 16, verses eight and nine. This will be our text for this Sunday and next Sunday as well. The scripture says, give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him. Yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. And from this particular passage, we want to preach from the subject, let's be thankful. Let's be thankful. The question you must ask yourself is, does your heart possess a spirit of thanksgiving in your personal life? Americans and Christians alike are abundantly blessed, and yet so many fail to put their gratitude on display. Many Christians are wringing their hands these days, wondering what has happened to our country. Morals are in a free fall. Many believers, uh, many believe that there is no right or wrong, only preferences. This has become a very tolerant, inclusive generation toward those who think like the culture. Scandals are so common nowadays that we barely take note of any, any of them. We live in a day when lawlessness abounds. We can look around at the spiritual decline of America that has removed the name of Jesus and prayer from schools. The name of Jesus and prayer has been removed from graduation, sporting events. And the majority uh, and in the majority of our workplaces. Merry Christmas has been replaced with happy holidays. The Supreme Court has redefined marriage. There are heinous crimes, domestic terrorist acts, hate crimes, murder and a drug epidemic that's sweeping across America right before our eyes. Then we have natural disasters such as floods and fires and tornadoes, earthquakes, hurricanes, and blizzards, as as we've seen across our nation. And to make matters worse, the culture has infiltrated many of our churches, which have replaced sound doctrine and Bible teaching with entertainment. If all of this becomes the object of our focus, it will cause us to be fearful and not be thankful. The text says in First Chronicles chapter 16 verses 8 and 9, give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him. Yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone About his wonderful deeds. What a scripture. With that being said. What keeps many saints. From truly being thankful to the Lord. Especially in a season of Thanksgiving. As a matter of fact. We ought to not wait till Thanksgiving Day. to, To give thanks. Every day is a day of Thanksgiving. With that being said. What keeps many saints. From truly being thankful to the Lord. Number one. Because habitual grumblers cannot be thankful. Habitual grumblers cannot be thankful. The gospel of John chapter six, verse 43 says, Jesus answered them. This is Jesus talking, the authority talking here. Do not grumble among yourselves. Now, a lot of folks say, I don't understand the Bible. How how many of y'all understood that? Let me see your hands. But stop saying you don't understand the Bible. You just understood that we must not grumble because the Lord God, Jesus Christ himself says, do not grumble among yourselves. Not only does the Lord hate grumbling, he chastens those who grumble all over the Bible. But let's particularly the Old Testament, let's look at Numbers uh, chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. It says, now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, for the Lord heard it. You know why people grumble? They forget that the Lord is listening. The Lord hears your conversation with the husband and wives in the bed, around the table, at your house, in the car, He he hears the grumbling of children. He hears the grumbling of members in the church. He hears grumbling in the workplace. The scripture says, for the Lord heard it. Israel grumbled, the Lord heard. And his anger, it made God mad. His anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them. In other words, they will consume some in the outskirts of the camp. Then the people cried out to Moses. Now here they come crying out to Moses. They were complaining to Moses. Now they're crying out to Moses. Moses, help us. Moses, do something. They were just grumbling about at the man. Now they want him to intercede on their behalf. So they cried to Moses. And when Moses prayed, what a relationship with God. When Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire was quenched. Now, that doesn't make you stop grumbling. I don't know what will. Let me ask you a question. If God were to were to consume by fire all who habitually grumble, murmur, and complain, and did as he did in the case of Israel, I wonder how many would be sitting here today Including teenagers and children. Beloved grumbling and complaining are sinful, evil and breaks the unity of the spirit. It is impossible to grumble and be thankful at the same time. So we can't be thankful because so many who say they love the Lord, know the Lord, have a spirit of complaining and grumbling. What keeps many saints from truly being thankful to the Lord? Secondly, being angry stifles a thankful heart. Being angry stifles a thankful heart. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 and 27, it says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Verse 7, nor give place to the devil. Now, I love the fact that the word devil is there because we live in a society that don't believe in a real devil. I want to tell you something. I submit to you today. The devil is as real as I'm standing here today. The devil is as real as you're sitting here today. He is a real person. Okay, he's a spirit and he's at work and he's roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. He comes to steal, kill and destroy and the devil can dupe you into thinking that he doesn't exist. He's got you right where he wants you to be. And when you are angry, you create a great opportunity for Satan to exploit and take advantage of you. Anyone who refuses to let go of anger is open to be exploited by the devil. A thankful heart is the best remedy for an angry spirit. You start thanking God for all the blessings He showered upon you, and your anger begins to it begins to wane. I've never seen so many angry people. And truth be told, some of you, under my voice, you've been far too angry this year. Everything sets you off. You, some of you angry at your husbands, you angry at your wife, you angry at your. In laws, You're angry at your grandchildren. You're angry at the workplace. You're you angry at yourself. Some, some people have the audacity to even be angry at God. To your own detriment. To your own physical detriment. Anger will destroy you if it is not dealt with. So being angry stifles a thankful heart. Thirdly, an inability to forgive others will keep believers from being thankful. Matthew 6, 14 and 15 says, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. That is powerful. And sometimes you can know this verse. Sadly, some persons, Christians particularly, can become so familiar with scriptures that they don't really hear what the scripture is saying to their own hearts. Do not expect to receive forgiveness if you cannot forgive those who have sinned against you. That's what it's saying. I said again, do not expect to receive forgiveness if you cannot forgive those who sin against you. I said one more time, do not expect to receive forgiveness if you cannot forgive those have sinned against you. You cannot be thankful until you forgive, which ushers in a spirit of freedom. Only a heart that's free, only a heart that's been emancipated, only a heart that's liberated can truly be thankful. But if you are bound by an unforgiving spirit, you are absolutely miserable. You are a hot mess. You, 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 you make you, your blood pressure goes up. You're you're you you're you all been out of shape and you're most difficult to deal with. When are you going to let go and stop destroying yourself? Life is too short. Short for you to be in that state of mind, freedom. God has called us to liberty. God has called us to emancipation. God has called us to freedom. Let let freedom ring in all of our hearts. What a talking freedom! Live in freedom. Serve in freedom. When we are free, only then God can use us to the maximum of our potential. But when we are bound, we restrict the work of God in our lives. Number four, what keeps many saints from truly being thankful to the Lord? Self-sufficiency keeps many saints from truly being thankful to the Lord. Self-sufficiency. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse five says, Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. Our sufficiency is from God. Beloved, self-sufficiency is to live independently of God. God, I got this. I know what I'm doing. Uh, You you don't pray and ask for God's direction. direction. You lean to your own understanding. You fail to acknowledge him and. In the decision-making of life, self-sufficiency is to live independently of God, which is so prideful and so destructive. Whereas a Christ-dependent life is blessed by God and has the favor of God. That person has the favor of God, which moves believers to praise the Lord and be thankful. We want to be Christ-dependent. We want to lean on Christ, acknowledge Christ, seek his voice. We we want to move at the prompting prompting of the Holy Spirit. And when we listen to God and when we depend on him and not the voices of this world, depend on him and not the, 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 the celebrities of this world, to lean on him and listen to him and not the politicians, then we will be in a position to give Thanks the way God is due his praise. Number five, what keeps us from being thankful? A rebellious heart will keep anyone from being thankful. A rebellious heart. Romans chapter one, verse 21, a says, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. They, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't give him thanks. They wouldn't worship him. They were stubborn. A life without God living in the soul will not worship Christ nor give him thanks. First of all, to give God genuine praise and thanksgiving, you need to be born again. You need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior. You need to believe that he is the one and only son of God who came into this world in the fullness of time. Born in Bethlehem of Judea. As a God baby who grew up into a God child into a God man and died on that cross for your sins, past sins, present sins, future sins of all the peoples of the world and whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. My friends shall be saved. And once you are saved and saved without a doubt, the life of God being resident in your soul, only then can you give thanks that will bless the heart of God. Only an an obedient heart can genuinely worship and thank the Lord. You cannot be rebellious and thank God at the same time. Only an obedient heart can genuinely worship and thank the Lord. Number six. Taking God's provisions for granted will keep believers from being thankful to the Lord. Taking His provisions for granted will keep believers from being thankful to the Lord. Philippians four nineteen says, "And my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus." Psalms thirty four ten also says, "The young lions lack and suffer hunger; they get hungry." They go days sometimes without getting hold to a prey and they're hungry. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. God will take care of his children and, and you have no reason to worry. You need to rest in the divine promises of God. God is a God who keeps his word and his word never returns void. Do I have a witness out there? Those who seek the Lord, those who trust in him to supply their needs will be thankful and not take the provisions of God for granted. And that blesses God. You just don't presume upon God. Number seven, many saints cannot be thankful because they focus on the things they do not have. Instead of the blessings that they already possess. Now, that's a big one. Many saints cannot be thankful because they focus on the things they do not have instead of of the blessings that they already possess. And sometimes you look at other folk. Well, I don't have that. Or my car can't do that. Or my cell phone can't do that. Or my glasses uh, uh, don't have can't bend outwardly. You know, <laughs> you, know uh, you, you know, and you look at then all of a sudden you get you get you get miserable. You get absolutely miserable. Many saints cannot be faithful because they focus on what they do not have instead of the blessings that they already possess. As a matter of fact, the truth be told, you got enough right now to keep you until the day of your death. I ought to get a big man on that. You got, won't you, come on, tell me. Come on, you got enough. I mean, come on. How, how, many of y'all, how many of y'all in here got more than one pair of shoes? How many of y'all can live with one pair of shoes? Huh? Thank you, Holy Ghost. How many, what, just one pair? That's a one pair. Will that stop you living? Can you still work in one pair of shoes? Can you come to church in one pair of shoes? If the, uh, how many of you have more than one dress or one suit or one tie. How I many of you got? Come on, raise your hand. True confession, good for the soul. But, but, but if you only had one dress, or one tie, one set, what, what, could you still come and worship God and shout and be happy in the Lord with that same color tie, that same dress, that same glasses? Those same, you know, we got glasses now to match outfits. Same pair of glasses. Can, can you make a joyful shout unto the Lord? How much will it take for you to get glad in the Lord? You worried about well, I, you know, I wore this week before last. You know, I, I, no, they, I can't wear that. They're gonna, they're gonna know I had that. they think that's all I got. Who are you trying to impress? You here to glorify God. You here to praise God. You here to worship God. Who cares if somebody will If we, you know what? <laughs> oh, 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 If I pass an edict, I said, okay. For the next month, let's all make a commitment to wear the same thing we got on for the next four Sundays. It'll be quite difficult for some of, some of y'all to do. Think about that. You mean I can't change hair color? I can't change. I can't change my nail color. I can't change my shoes. I can't change my tie. I can't change myself. Everybody, for one month, we gonna all wear the same thing for for four straight weeks. I believe that'll be humbling. I believe it'll be liberating. I believe we could really have some church in here. Do I have a way? I believe we can have some church. Because nobody's looking at anybody. You just glad you're here. You glad you can move and live and have your being. You woke up this morning. God started you on your way. Trying to impress, impress folk that don't like you anyhow. Oh God, help me to preach this message. Ooh, number eight. <laughs> I'm not hardly through. <laughs> Comparing yourselves to others obstructs your ability to be thankful. Ooh, let me labor with this. Comparing yourselves to others obstructs your ability. To be thankful. There's a particular scripture and I love the way it says it in the New Living Translation. It says something like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12. Oh, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are. But they are only comparing themselves with each other using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. (laughs) Did you get that? How ignorant. I got a lot to say about this. Comparison creates discontentment. It creates a lack of peace. And it creates a lack of joy. Comparison. Keeping your eyes on Christ and not others will help you to maintain a spirit of gratitude. Okay. It'll keep you from comparing. Keeping your eyes on whom? Christ. And not others Comparing, 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 comparing will help you maintain a spirit of gratitude. Beloved, there will always be someone around you who looks better. That's right. You're not the best looking person in this church. If you think you are, you proud as I don't know what. Come up here and start praying at this altar. I'm the best looking. Huh. You, You drying up and don't know it.
1: <laughs> oh God, help me preach this. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials